The Carmichael Dave Show. He's on the microphone when he's not on the microphone. He's playing a song, and when he's not playing a song, he's on the microphone, and then boom! With Jason Ross. No, he didn't! Yes, he did! Call or text at 916-339-1140. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on Sacktown Sports. Welcome to uh, Denise. Denise is in the chat. She is a Huddersfield Town fan. Oh. She has no idea what we're talking about. Okay. She called me Daffy. I don't know what that means. I'm not up. I don't know if that's good or not. Daffy Dave. Uh, I'm thinking thinking that's slanderous. Is it? I'm thinking. She she said he's a Daffy. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but you know what? Oh, Dafty. I don't know what that, that even were. I don't, Dafty? Not sure. All right. Well, we'll save that for later. Okay. In the meantime, we're so excited. We're always excited to have Coach Jim Less on. Yes. But as we mentioned earlier, we get to have Coach Less on today, not after a horrific, gut-wrenching, terrible, stab-in-the-heart loss. For the Kings, and then his team keeps winning, yes. too. Yes. Well, we'll bring him on right now. It's all, it's all love. It's all happiness. Good morning, Coach. How are you? Good morning. And don't worry, Dave. I've been called a lot worse than Daphne, so <laughs> I think you'll survive. I think I think so. I'm good. You're good. Uh, let's you know we let's switch it up. We always do a lot of kings, and then uh, at, at the end, uh, you know, you're so uh, kind and generous with your time. We we talk uh, Aggies, but look, uh, the Kings could take a little bit of the medicine you guys are drinking right now. You have these uh, you have these youngsters on a bit of a roll. So are you more of a, let's just keep doing what we're doing, guys, or are you more of a, okay, everything was great except this, and we're going to focus on this because it needs to be as perfect as possible? Yeah, I, I, I think we've we got to continue to challenge our guys. They're, they're playing at a high level and playing really well, especially defensively. Uh, I think I said last week it was going to be a heavyweight fight, and it was a, a 54-52 knockdown, physical, you know, drag out street fight on Saturday, and fortunately, uh, we came out ahead uh, uh, with, with with some late hero- heroics from T.Y. Johnson. Hits a big three when we're down one. We go up two. We hold them on their last defensive on our last defensive stand to get get the win. So. It, 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 it's awesome, but I think it's still, we got to remind ourselves, it's still January. And as much as we want to accentuate what we're doing well, we still want to continue to get better. Because if it gets stagnant at this time of the year, come uh, late February, early March, when it's even more important, uh, you, you, you end up maybe uh, not fulfilling the goals and dreams that you have. So, so we're going to keep pushing a little bit, uh, but we still want to enjoy it because these moments are special for these young people. Yeah, how Jim, uh, how important was it for you, Coach, to get that to a little revenge? I mean, they got you in overtime. Irvine did the last time, and that could have gone your way. This time, you do find a way to get it done. What? How important was it to to kind of get a little revenge there? Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, we had a lot of disappointment in, in a in a one position game, especially for a coach. <laughs> you know, you're reliving everything uh, down there back in Orange County when we had opportunities to win the game and rethinking everything you did. Uh, so, so that, that's disappointing, but just from a a psychological standpoint, uh, I'm not going to be surprised if we see them again in the tournament and it could be the, you know, 
one playing one game for all the marbles to get to the NCAA tournament. So I, I think having the confidence that uh, you have beat them and, and can play well against them uh, and, and do some things that put you in a position to be successful, I, I think that's crucial for the mentality when you get down to the tournament. Coach Jim West with us. And, you know, it, it's – it's a, one of the great jobs of coaching that you can see in front of you if you're looking at a team is is when a team is in the doldrums or they're struggling and they're able to turn it around because it's not just X's and O's, it's also mental. And you guys did not come out of the box well. Now you guys are on a roll. Seems that you're incredibly confident. I, I'm, there's no way to properly answer this, and I'm not going to get into specific teams because I know you wouldn't disrespect them, but – do you feel like the team you're you're playing with right now mentally and physically wins a couple of those games that, that got away from you earlier in the year? Yeah, there, there's no question. And you, you're, you're never quite sure what flips the switch. Um, and, you know, it, when the season started, I thought this was the kind of team we could have because we, we, we've got some depth, we've got some veteran leadership, we've got some really good uh, – you know, a, a team that can score the ball uh, at a high level. And, and really, we always thought, hey, if we can get them to buy in to the defensive end of the floor, and, uh, and, and we've done that. Now, you know, we're, we're leading our league in, in defense, uh, field goal percentage defense, and, and points allowed. And that that's, has always been a key in this league. The, the teams that do that are they're the top – one, two, or three in the league are always in the tops of the standing. So, you know, trying to get a team that can score the ball and has guys, you know, Elijah Pepper, T.Y. Johnson, Kane Milling, guys that can really put the ball in the basket to, to buy into that other end, we knew was going to be the difference. And, uh, you know, the, the flip switch, or the, the switch flipped in, uh, in late December, and it's been a, a lot of fun watching these guys grow and, and develop some confidence. Coach, you have a opportunity where you only have one game this week. You don't play tomorrow, so you get the advantage of a, a couple extra days to get ready for San Diego on Saturday. Another team that, like you said earlier about Irvine, you might face again later. That's a team right up the top with you guys. So what about the extra time to get ready for uh, San Diego this weekend? Yeah, this has been great because, as you know, as you get to this point of the season, a lot of guys are banged up and nobody's completely 100%. So it, it gives us time to, one – get some guys on the bench maybe that aren't getting a ton of minutes. Uh, we call it the stay ready crew is, is to get them some extra shots, some extra work, some extra, uh, you know, work with our offense and the timing and maybe some new sets that they haven't, they haven't gotten a chance to execute in game like situations. But, you know, I always say those guys are a sprained ankle away from playing big minutes and uh, the mentality of staying ready uh, while some other guys get some rest. Uh, so it's, it's that, that's a, a unique, uh, opportunity for us. And for us, it, the buy couldn't have come at the right time. And again, you know, I would encourage, uh, the, the college basketball fans out there to, to, to come check us out this Saturday at 2 PM, uh, UC San Diego, uh, also near the top of our league in the standings, a really, really good basketball team, a very efficient, offensively solid uh, defensively kind of reminds you of like a Wisconsin type team. Uh, they just don't beat themselves. They play well together, uh, skilled team. So th this will be another great matchup on Saturday at 2 PM at UCU. Uh, so 
If you're not doing anything Saturday, it's raining. Come check us out. <laughs> Coach Jim Les, pitch man extraordinaire, <laughs> and uh, he's pitching a great product. Joining us right now. You know, I want to go back to something you said, and Kings fans, uh, they, they can perk their ears up a little bit here because I think the philosophy, whether it's in college or pros, is, is probably pretty similar. You talked about trusting defensive principles and and the success that you've had and the numbers show it now that they're buying in defensively. So, Coach, how do you and your staff accomplish that? It, defense is not as fun as offense. It's you know, you see far more posters for dunks than you do for, uh, you know, taking a charge or a great blocked shot. How do you get – how much of it is mental and, and, and motivation and how much of it is you have to – let me back up because I'm thinking out loud, Coach. Is Can you take a player who maybe is average and turn him into a – above average defensive player easier than you can offensively is it mental you know i i I think it's i think it's mental i think it's part marketing Mm. um you know our our guys want to play fast and in order to play fast we tell them all the time it's a lot easier to play fast if you're not taking the ball out of the net so being able to get stops and it takes all five guys and you know for example uh, elijah pepper just broke the you know two thousand point barrier in his career which is unbelievable uh, at UC Davis and uh, teams now if we've got to walk the ball up and play five on five then they are locked in we've seen boxing one we've seen every defense imaginable running two guys at him versus hey if we can get stops and we and now we can get out in transition where defenses aren't set and teams are scrambling a little bit now you're going to have a little bit more freedom, more openings to, to get opportunities. So it, it's part mental of understanding how important that is. And, and we know March comes down to the teams that are the better de- defensive teams are going to advance. But it also comes down to, hey, we want to play fast and we want to get the ball up the floor. And you want to score. Everybody wants to score. Everyone wants to feel good about scoring. Uh and being able to get stops and first rebounds puts us in those those opportunities. And traditionally, we've been one of the better transition teams uh, when our defense is really good. You know, Coach, a lot from the NBA people say, hey, the trade deadline, all-star break, kind of from that point on, that's, that's when you want everything as tightened up as possibly could be for that sprint to the finish. It, you're, you're not quite there, but I mean, look, you're about a month away from your own postseason tournament, potentially the NCAA tournament. We're close to that. Is this about when you really want things as, as sharp as possible for, for your squad? Yeah, no, no question. You know, I, I, I again, and, and Dave talked about it to, to, to start. It's we want to enjoy the success we're having, but we also have to be mature enough to handle success. I've always thought in teams, especially, you know, 18 to 22 year olds, and, and it's applied in the NBA too, is adversity. A lot of guys handle it pretty well and you can get their attention and, and they're going to respond, react, maybe change, uh, but success. And, and especially now with social media and just, you know, all, all the uh, accolades and attention and you can, you can get caught up. We can all get caught up with people telling us, you know, how great you are and how good things are and, and boy, you can lose track and lose focus. So um, we're, we're just trying to make sure we enjoy what's going on, but be able to wipe the slate clean because we know whatever we did last Saturday 
against Irvine to get a, a really important win has no bearing on what we're going to do this Saturday. There's no carryover. So we got to wipe the slate clean, get back to work and practice, and have the right mindset. Otherwise, we've seen it, and we've talked about teams that have had this great starts, and then all of a sudden, man, the basketball gods get you. If if you're not, if your mind and your heart's not in the right place, uh, this thing can change momentum and go the other way just as quick. So making sure we we instill that message and uh, and keep guys on their toes to keep doing what we've been doing. Look at that. See, that's a lot of Aggies talk. That's the way it should be. Yeah. When, when the Kings aren't ripping our hearts out and we don't need to get on Coach Les's couch, that, uh, it all works out in the end. Coach, we always appreciate you. Well done over there. Keep it going. And as uh, Coach said, make sure you get out. Big game uh, coming up the, the coming up this weekend. And uh, you, you promised a, a heavyweight fight uh, the last time we had you on. You certainly delivered. So looking forward to this one, Coach. Thank you again. Well, and I want to give you guys some juice because I haven't maybe been as good for the Kings karma, but you guys have been pretty good for my karma. So <laughs> keep up the good work. I want to give you guys credit. We'll take it. You got it, Coach. We got to get out there and see you in person. We'll do that very soon. Thank you, you so guys much. You are welcome anytime. All right. Take Thank care. You. That's uh, Coach Jim Lassen. You know, the, honestly, I think we should. We, You and I should make a commitment. I know you have you know, your schedule, but mm-hmm. we should make a commitment to go see a UC Davis game. Chris, you too. And I have the game, uh, and I think we might have might be close to our time off. It's on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. It's February tenth. Okay. At Hawaii. At Hawaii. I think it's a perfect. Yes. You know what? I was about to be like, oh, Super Bowl weekend. What are you talking about? You know what? I think that would be a good one. Maybe we we coach hop, puts us on the team plane. Put, go on the team plane. Yeah. Fly over there. Watch yeah. them go, Aggies. Yep. You know, and then Sunday. Oh, we're in Hawaii. Might as well watch the game. I guess so. I guess so. At yeah. Mualaka, you know, Mauna Loa mm-hmm. Sports Bar. Yep. And you know what? I'm trying to think now. Yeah, the game would be at like 1230, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. We're waking up at 4 a.m. for primetime Super Bowl coverage over there. Yeah. How great would that be? Pretty fabulous. All right, let's check in with the uh, with the powers that be. Make that happen. Yeah. Brought to you by Jiffy Lou. <laughs> when we come back, three for madness brought to you by Fire Wings. Uh, everyone bring up your eligibility ballots. Who gets on if you had a Hall of Fame vote or votes? Uh, this team might have interest in Harrison Barnes, it was reported. There's one guy on that roster where it makes sense money-wise to trade across. We'll ask you if you are good with that. And uh, the Warriors game tomorrow. How's your emotion level for that? We'll get to all that next. Three questions, three answers. It's three for madness on the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. Here's question one. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Katie Christensen, who is, uh, we're going to talk to her about packing. Okay. As you know, they're getting ready to go on this big old long roadie. Uh, Leon Lee, soon to be Sacramento Sports Hall of Famer at 827. And a meal for ghosts. We got a four guest Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? Yeah, it's Wednesday. It is. It was a four guest Wednesday. Yeah, that's what they say. That's what they say. In the meantime, he's not a guest. He's part of the crew. He's Christopher Lodd. He doesn't drink coffee in the mornings. It's uh, question one. Who gets on your Hall of Fame ballot? Adrian Beltre does. That that was uh, that was absolutely uh, 
without a doubt. Uh, I'm fine with Helton getting in. I put Sheffield in. I put all the Royd people. Exactly. In. So that's my my list would have started with Barry Bonds. Yes. Um, so Alex Rodriguez. I, but the thing is, I don't think Barry's still on the ballot, right? No. But, but yeah, Sheffield. I probably put Andrew Jones in. I put Manny Ramirez in. You can tell I'm kind of a, a looser Hall of Fame guy. Mm-hmm. And then the the one that I put in that like would really, really, really. This is just I, I'm a stand for this guy. The the one that that would raise a lot of eyebrows, he'll never ever get in. But I put Mark Burley in. Mm. I, I do. No, I I, <laughs> I know. You know where I was going to say about like your looser. I, I feel like I am too as far as the, um, steroid allegation. Yes. Well, whatever. We'll just say steroid guys. Right. Um, what's interesting is because literally when Mark McGuire, I can remember. I still remember this press conference and like someone in the, like what's that? And he was like, it's whatever he called it, Andostein Dryon or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. And it was not at the moment illegal. Right. Whereas A-Rod actually was caught and suspended. Yep. That's almost one where, like, uh, like to me, and Bonds, McGuire, like, but A-Rod to me is a Hall of Fame. Like, his play would have been. Yep. But, like, he literally got caught during a time where it was deemed, like, they were, you know, sanctioning it, policing it, and he got caught. Like, I almost feel like he's different to me. And that, that's sure. my own little internal one where I go, oh, yeah, Bonds, I in, for sure. In. And A-Rod, I go, mm. Which is weird because I know there's some people like steroids. Nope, you're yes, out, or yes. I don't care. Right? Like I'm kind of a little it's bit, a little in, bit of a difference, in, just with those two. But and then again, now here's Poppy who's on the list. Right. But why? Why is why is he good? Because ah, he's Poppy. Oh, okay, makes sense. Incidentally, I always have to make Get the big case. Lunch. <laughs> Mark Burley had 16 seasons. He had two seasons in which he did not pitch 200 innings. One was his rookie year where he was a call-up and he pitched 51. The other was his final year in baseball where he went 15-8 and eight and he pitched 198.2 innings. Mark Burley was good for 200-plus innings every year of his career and a couple where he led the league at 245 and 236. He's got an ERA under four, 214 wins, uh, one, two, three, four All-Star yeah. games, four gold gloves, five All-Star games. Four gold gloves. I get that That's he's pretty good. Like he's a hall of. But could he hit? Now that we see Shohei, <laughs> no. Just a just a lunchbox guy. Like I feel like yeah. there should be a place in the Hall of Fame for guys like that. That just I have no tie to Mark Burley. I'm not a White Sox guy. I just appreciate the fact that every year they could go out and count on Mark Burley eating innings. He won you a fantasy league, didn't he? He might have won me a couple. Okay, number two. Question two. Houston reportedly has interest in Harrison Barnes. Dylan Brooks straight across works. Would you welcome this move? I was looking at the Houston roster because there is a report that Houston has interest. And there's other ways of, you know, I'm sure there's other moves. But I think that's intriguing. I don't think Houston would do that, to be honest. But maybe they would. I don't think so. But let's just say in this world that that's what was on the table. I think it's really intriguing. Because on the surface... Dylan Brooks, instead of Harrison Barnes, upgrades you where you need to be upgraded. He, he say what you want about Dylan Brooks, he'll defend. Say what you want about Dylan Brooks, he's got that he's got that attitude, he's got that dog in him. Sometimes a little too much. Um, is he dirty? 
Yeah, a little bit. Am I incredibly against that? Because a lot of your scrappiest dudes have a little bit of dirt to them. No, and I think this Kings team could use a little dirt. But you're basically going from, like, the nicest, team leaderiest, most mature, like, the banker, Harrison Barnes, to, like, the polar opposite of that. It's a big decision. I think in the end I would say no, but, God, I'd think about it. Yeah, a lot of my instincts are telling me no, but, I mean, player for player straight across, I think he's better. I agree with I you. don't. I don't love Dylan Brooks. Like when he was an offseason, people were like I, I, I just didn't love the addition yeah. for the Kings. But yeah. I, I can, I can see where he would fit and help. But I think player for player, I think he's better. I agree with you. It's the chemistry thing that we're mm-hmm. both thinking about. Yeah. I, and by the way, I'd much rather have uh, uh, Bruce. Uh, oh, come on, Indiana Brown, Bruce, Bruce who Bruce went Brown, to the trade you. to yeah. the Raptors. Yeah. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, who they're still looking. It sounds like yeah. to move. I'd much rather have Bruce Brown. All right, number three, please. Question three. Will tomorrow's game against the Warriors have the same emotion as the previous games against them this season? I don't know, and I've had a few hours to think about it. I wrote the damn question, and I've been thinking about that kind of on and off all morning. Like, right now, I don't feel like it does. Yeah. I don't. Like, they beat them. Warriors haven't been great this year. But... I have the distinct impression that when the Kings roll out onto the floor tomorrow and it's at Chase Center and everybody's waving their grapes and wine and hmm. whatever and they're, you know, they're 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 trust funds and and Draymond Green's on the floor and Steph yeah. and Clay. I got a feeling that it's going to come back. So I'm gonna say no now. Yep. But I think I think tomorrow night in the game I'll be like, oh, I want to kill these guys. I, that's to me that's the one hundred percent answer. Because right now I'm like, yeah, it's another game, right? Like I, I I literally like could have been, oh, Kings Warriors can't wait. I'm like yeah, it's fine. I mean I'll I will be excited for it when it comes up, but I don't have the same venom at this sure. moment. But to your point, Dave, like if the Warriors do well or things are going well or Draymond's doing something or heaven forbid at the end the Warriors are going to win and Steph does the night night, I'd be like, okay. <sighs> Can we play them tomorrow? Because I want to beat them tomorrow. You know, like that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it'll bring up all those things. I mean, I'm going to throw a challenge at you. I'm going to give you the following challenge. I'm going to present a storybook ending. So to tomorrow, I, to tomorrow, okay. and I want you to tell. I want you to. I want you to beat it. Kings down two. Time running out. Fox in the corner fakes the shot. Skip pass to Keegan Murray in the corner. It's up. It's good with point one left. And as Keegan is running back down towards the huddle, because Steve Kerr calls a timeout, Keegan turns to the stands and does the night night. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be. Um, the only thing, my only submission to your plot. Yes. Would be. Ah, Keegan's a really good one because you never expect it. Never. Um, it be in the same exact spot as last year's game four and Harrison Barnes hits it and Ooh. does the same thing. Um, or for some reason, JaVale McGee does it. Oh, my God. Oh, honorable mention. Same situation, but Fox hits Sabonis coming down the lane and Sabonis dunks. On Looney. On, on, well, I was going to say on Draymond, and he does the thing where he dunks and he gets to hold on without a tech because he's got Draymond below him. But his crotch, 
hits Draymond right in the face, and his motion sends Draymond Green into the third row. Okay, I like that better than Keegan. <laughs> then you then you go, then you're all excited, you're celebrating, and you hear the very late whistle, Psh, offensive foul, <laughs> wave it off, offensive foul. Double technical, even though nobody said anything. Yeah. And uh, we're awarding three points to the Warriors. They're going to do that, but Mike Brown gets uh-huh. out the laptop. Yes. Yes. And points out, and they say, you know what? We're now going to wave that off. Wave it off. Kings win. Kings win. There's our story, buddy. Yes. Yeah. And, and then, then Keegan goes, hey. <laughs> And then uh, where's the Basketball Hall of Fame? Ohio, uh, Springfield. Springfield. Springfield calls, and the laptop has its own little points. Yes. And we put a sticker on the outside that says, okay, so Zach has more. We, we have like 17 random stats that we just came up with for tomorrow's yeah, three in the game. All of them are happening. All of them are happening at once. We'll yeah. take a break. When we come back, we'll go around the NBA. Uh, speaking of protests and tactical fouls, wow. well, what an ending in Oklahoma City. Uh, we'll try to touch on uh, Adrian Griffin being fired in Milwaukee if we have time. But we also need to get to, hey, remember the Wolves Wolody? It's a double Wolody. It is even worse than you thought. We'll explain all that after I explain to you how American Energy can come out and test your system for nothing. For nothing. Right now, American Energy Heat and Air offering a $0 HVAC diagnostic. That's a $99 value. They're going to test your system, connections, and all the moving parts of your system to ensure it's functioning properly, which will take care of the rest of winter, obviously. Maybe you're not using it a ton in spring, but you'll have that peace of mind of knowing everything's going to be running smoothly in the summertime. Nothing worse, man. Nothing worse. Then it's like 108, and your system goes out, and everyone's system goes out at the same time. you got to wait forever to get someone out there, and you're sitting in a bathtub of ice cubes. Okay, maybe, maybe I went too far there, but you get the point. This offer expires next week, in a week from today, January 31th. So get in right now and make your appointment at 916-520-9990. That's 916-520-9990. AmericanEnergyAir.com. American Energy making you uncomfortable comfortable we'll take a break when we return we go around the nba including a wild finish and why it got even worse for the timberwolves kings fans you'll want to pay attention we'll do that next oh this just in chris is not like charity that's what i heard wow but you have said yes yeah, but I would have because I would have thought about like all let let's just bring everybody in sort of. So basically I said to Chris, "Hey, you get 70 million dollars, but like you have to do this horrible thing. It's not illegal, but it's like this horrible thing, right? Like for about for like 4 hours. But then like and people will know you did people will know you took part in this and they'll never want to speak to you again. However, you also can't tell anyone that, oh, I did it for this bet. But you get the money. And Chris is like, no, absolutely not. Yeah. I'm like, I would do it because I would think about, like, like I would be forever shamed. 
But man, I could do a lot of really good stuff with that money. Like you could help a lot of people with that. You're also hurting a lot of people <laughs> doing it. Uh, yeah, but uh, let me ask you this. Are you hurting them as much as you're able to help the people with the 70 million? Like the amount of lives you, you I, I would peel off. I would peel off at least $2 million to oh, help people. God, you're disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> what? After taxes and all that. So oh, you're putting, <laughs> you have to put them on your taxes. <laughs> yeah, the tax breaks are wonderful. <laughs> Come on. Do a lot with $70 million. So I would build a bunch of tiny homes for people. I would set up some scholarship funds. I would open up some kitchens. Write-offs, write-offs, write-offs. Absolutely. That's the that's the positive thing. All right. Well, you and I are charitable. He's not. Um, you said yes, Jason? I didn't even know the first part. <laughs> I'll tell you the next break. Exactly. I'll tell you the next break. <laughs> I think Jason will be on my side. Yeah. You think so? Uh, already without I'm knowing. The, almost 100% positive. The, the framing of the four hours and not like being shamed like already has me at no but like, i don't know what even the the thing is i will so. say this you don't have to physically harm anybody it that doesn't help well yeah oh it would be better if i did <laughs> good i could no i was thinking it might be worse major pain <laughs> uh let's where do we start okay how about oklahoma city uh playing uh the what a bizarre finish it really was here's the audio and then we'll walk you through kind of what happened after that uh, here's the audio. And when I say here's the audio, here's the audio after I unmute the site, and then here's the audio. They want a foul. Brogdon has some timeouts. He got away with a double dribble or nose. Phillips trying to call timeout. He's right up on Brandon Schwab, and he got teed up. He, he was actually out on the floor, and he's still out on the floor. And that's going to be a double technical, and he's headed to the showers. Now you've got Scott Brooks out on the floor. Yeah. The Blazers incensed yeah. that they didn't get the timeout called. All right, so there's a play near, uh, right, right, right near the 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 midcourt, out of bounds, just right on the line. Malcolm Brogdon gets trapped by the Thunder. Um, the ref has his back to Chauncey Billups and is looking at the play. Billups runs up behind him. You know, with his hands. Well, actually, I didn't. I don't think I even saw a hand signal. But yeah, yelling timeout. Ref doesn't hear him. Brogdon tries to dribble his way out of the double team. Problem is, he'd already picked up his dribble. That's a double dribble. Billups freaks out that he didn't get the timeout. Technical foul. Stays on the court. Technical foul. Now this was in a 109-108 Blazers lead game with 15.6 left in the fourth quarter. Technical foul, technical foul, that's two points. I think they added another uh, point or two. And now Portland is actually protesting the game. Yeah. I don't think they're going to win. I, I mean, generally, you don't win these things. You can, and then we'll, you know, I know we've got last two-minute report to talk about coming up, too, and that, that all stuff will all be filed. Um, I guess this one is going to be filed under, you know, referees can make mistakes, too. And I don't yeah. even know if it's a mistake. I mean, execution-wise... It's on the referee to watch the ball and watch the play. Um, there could have been another ref that had seen Chauncey Billups. They could have looked at some things there, but if they didn't hear him or see him, you can't you assume can't, or you guess. Can't prove that. Yeah. It's just an awful way to lose a game. Now, they still might have lost the game anyway. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that would have been a bad – that would have been a Willody for OKC because the Blazers aren't very good. But and they were at home, mm-hmm. but the, the Thunder found a way to win. Let me ask you something. 
What would you think about, you know, you know I love my not thought out rule changes. What would you think about having a, <laughs> Chris just looked up from whatever he was doing. <laughs> uh, Radar. <laughs> what would you think about a coach having like a clicker and it could do two things. Number one, he hits the clicker and it instantly like timeout, like lights go on, buzzers, whatever it is. Like coach can basically call his own timeout because it doesn't have to be, if, if it's not an appropriate time to call a timeout, then that's a technical foul. So why do you need the ref to grant it? Just ball comes in, click, eh, timeout called. You don't have to worry about making eye contact. And then the other thing it would do that always kind of bothered me is like, if you're trying to intentionally foul, you just hit the clicker as soon as it's inbound and whoever has the ball, that's that's who you intentionally foul. Like, I don't like the idea of like players just hacking other players when it's like, dude, I'm trying to foul him. Can you just call a stupid foul? Like, yeah. Um, but, but what about, what about another mechanism? It just seems almost like the whole, like hand measuring the first down thing. Mm -hmm. Like, why are we relying on a ref seeing, actually seeing and acknowledging this thing? Why not just, why not just make it easier? Any, any loopholes in there you're seeing any? Well, any I, I mean, you know, is it like on the coach's wrist? Do they have it in their pocket? Like, I don't know, just yeah. a couple little things like that. Did the coach put it down at one point? Because, you know, coaches get into different things. They put it on, like Mike Brown walks the the sideline a lot. Did he put it down on the, you know, press tape? Oh, man, where is it? And, you know, I guess you could still have the regular functionality of timeout. Or do you have to have the clicker? You can do both. Yeah. You can do both. You had me until the the foul. The foul. What's wrong? What's wrong with the foul thing? What am I? What am I? Because like if you're sw you're swiping for the ball, mm -hmm. I think a lot of the time. So you're saying like it takes away the ability to like get the get steal. steal. Yeah. Well, but it's coach's option. Yeah. So maybe the coach doesn't want to use the clicker, and you go the well, other I way. I wouldn't think a lot of people would use the clicker. Yeah, you know, you're probably. I right. guess unless there's like one second or something like that. Eh. I, I really like the timeout. I, didn't they used to do that for the Olympics, or do they still do that for the Olympics? If they do, that's news to me. You, you, you might be right. It just seems a little antiquated, is all mm -hmm. I'm saying, and yeah. it takes some of the pressure off the refs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, absolutely. You're, you're right. Like uh, they're they're trying to pay attention. Like they're yeah. They're, he should be watching. Like. Would have been right. worse if he's like, hey, I'm going to look back at the coach to see if he's calling a timeout. Right. Of course you're not. And then the guy traveled. Also, how many times is that just a fan just screaming, timeout, timeout, timeout? I was going to say the same thing. He has no idea who's saying timeout behind him. It's Bill Kennedy. Bill Kennedy's an experienced ref. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, John Smith, Johnson. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 anyways. Uh, you know, we talked about the Wolves and Hornets and the Hornets going in, even though Cat scored 60 plus. Uh, and, 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 and getting that win. And that was the worst loss of the year. Yeah, it's worse. Um, the last two minute report came out. <clears throat> it was a doozy. 10 missed calls in the last two minutes, not 10 missed calls for the game, which would be a doozy on its own. 10 missed calls in a game would be a tremendous amount. 10 missed calls in the last two minutes, six of which went against Minnesota, three of which went against Charlotte. You're saying, Dave, well, hold on. That's nine. The other air quotes missed call is they misassigned a foul to the wrong player, so they call that a missed call. Like, they okay. called a foul on you, and I'm the, I'm the one that actually yeah. fouled. So six missed calls, a net three missed calls against Minnesota in the last two minutes of a game like that. 
you and I defend refs and umpires yeah. all the time. We are generally team ref and team umpire unless it's egregious. That's egregious. You got there's gotta be there's gotta be some sort of behind the scenes something that happens. And, you know, again, we talk about the positives of the last two-minute report is transparency. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is kind of where it ends. Like, is this good for the league? The last two-minute? Yeah. You've never liked it. I don't. You because, don't. well, look, we've got a complex here in Sacramento. We do. We've got to admit it. Sure. We think, oh, the officials are always out to get us. Okay, let if we walk that line, and this last two-minute report came out against the Kings with 10 missed calls, yes. six against Sacramento. See? See? They don't want the king. Like, what, it doesn't even mean it's right. It just means it feeds that narrative. And I don't think the league. I don't know what the good of that is for the league. I want to feel justified, <laughs> or I want to be able to say, "Oh, yeah." But then again, in the end, so they had ten missed calls against uh-huh. the Kings or whoever. You, they don't change the game. It doesn't no. change the outcome. It proves what that they make mistakes, which we already knew. I would. It makes the refs you suck chant even louder next time. Okay. By the way, you remember the last time a. Uh, protest was upheld in the nba i don't shaquille o'neal in 2008 was called uh out for the game uh with his sixth foul he had five this was uh the miami heat and the atlanta hawks they went back to 51.9 seconds and resumed the game with the hawks leading 114 111 the only problem there is that Shaq had been traded to phoenix and did they replay that part? They replayed the game. They replayed the game. Did Atlanta still win. Uh, Atlanta still won. In uh, fact, nobody scored. Nobody scored. In the, nobody scored in the last fifty-one point. Uh, so they do seconds. that fifty-one point nine, and then uh, all right, now let's get ready for tonight's game. Uh, that's exactly right. Uh, that and the one before that, nineteen eighty-two, Larry O'Brien held up a protest by the San Antonio Spurs versus the Lakers. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, some football news. Uh, including a new hire for your Las Vegas Raiders. We'll do that next. Sources and he just kind of tells it as it is and gets to the point. Jason Ross. He has a lot of pretty smart things to, to say. He's good at what he does. On Sacktown Sports. Katie Christensen coming up in 10 minutes. I hope she doesn't get mad at me for saying this because I'm gonna. This is where. This is trouble already. Yeah, this is. No, it's not. So right before, uh, right before the break, I get a text from her and she says, FaceTime me at your break. Mm. Two things there. Number one, you want me to call you before you're about to come on a lot of time. You know, generally we'll talk right before she comes right. on, but I call her. So she's initiating it, so I'm already thinking like, oh, God. Maybe she can't do it. But then when she said FaceTime, and we usually FaceTime, but not in the, you know, not in the mornings and everything. Like, it, it, I'll, I'll do a phone call there. And I'm thinking, oh, God, did she? And, and I'm thinking about, like, when she was, when uh, her daughter was two. And Kate, remember when Katie had that giant yeah. black eye? And I'm thinking, oh, God, did something happen? So I, I rush out of here at the break to call her, prepared for something really bad. And she answers the phone. She's got this big smile on her face. And I go, what, what's, why are you smiling? What's wrong? And she's like, why are you happy? Right, right. This early in the morning, why are you happy? And why did you want me to FaceTime you? And she's like moving her head around weirdly. And I'm like, did you, like, I'm thinking, did you hurt your neck? Like, what are you doing? 
she went to sleep last night with like these new curlers in and wanted to show me how full of body and curly her hair was. And she's really happy with how her hair looks. And she's very excited about it. So she should be on the That's what I YouTube said. for everybody I, to see. That's it. what I said. I said, so we're going to stream yard. We're going to bring you on. She's like, no. Nah. I'm like, why not? You're the one guest we have that people want to they want they want to see you. They want to see their Katie. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's a setup for That was absolutely insane. But no, like seriously, I was very worried. Um, all right. So we'll have Katie. I'm sure we'll rehash that here momentarily and then we'll fit in some uh we'll fit in some king stock. How okay. about that? And, 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 and by the way, this is going to be a lot of how are you packing for the trip? Because I'm kind of obsessed with this right now. Um, Tom Telesco is now the GM of the Las Vegas Raiders, which is funny because it's kind of the Las Vegas Raiders that got him fired uh, when they blew out the Chargers earlier this year, a lot of people say. Um, here's the thing about Tom Telesco. He's got a pretty good draft record with the Chargers, and isn't that mainly what you want out of your GM? There's a lot of things, but how they do in the draft is – Golly, that's pretty darn important. Yeah, any concern on this, not his track record or Antonio Pierce's track record, the fact that they kind of did what the Kings had done in the past where you do the order backwards? Yes. So yes. concern? Yeah. 100% concern because that generally doesn't work out. It's not technically his guy. They could still work and have a great partnership, but that's that's a little bit weird. I also don't have any details on Antonio Pierce's deal, but because I think he kind of, I don't want to say he skipped the line on a head coaching job, but I don't think a lot of people would have had him as a head coach. I don't think he had a ton of leverage right. like there were a ton of other teams after him. So my, I'm just going to guess that Mark Davis gave him the job, but that's probably a pretty team-friendly contract. Yeah. Like, we'll give you some time, but if it doesn't work out, we're going to make it pretty easy for us to move on. And obviously, if it works out, well, then good. Why would Telesco want to get rid of him? Uh, but when you look at some of the picks Telesco has made since 2013, DJ Fluker, Mantateo, uh, Keenan Allen in the third round uh, there, Jason Verrett, who Niner fans are uh, familiar with in, mm -hmm. in 2014, uh, Melvin Gordon, Denzel Perryman, um, 2016, Joey Bosa, Hunter Henry, um, let's go down the list here, Mike Williams in 2017, uh, Derwin James, Florida State University, 2018, great player. Uh, a lot, uh, a lot of, you know, obviously Justin Herbert in uh, in 2020, he's made some pretty good picks over the years. Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round. Um, and I think that's something, you know, Reggie McKenzie wasn't terrible. Right. But I think a lot of Reggie McKenzie not being terrible was also comparing him to the latter years of Al Davis, where Fabian Washington and 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 yeah, uh, many missteps. Who was it? Huff. Uh, uh, dang it! You know who I'm talking yeah. about. Michael Huff. Uh, who was the receiver that? Who was the receiver they took? Uh, Darius Hayward Bay. Yeah. Uh, over uh, Michael Crabtree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. If I'm a Raider fan, I'm pretty happy. I think that's a pretty good get for them. It'll just like you said, you bring up a good point about the coach. Though. Yeah, so hopefully, I mean, I hope they got it right, and this is a good pairing and partnership going forward for this organization. Um, I wanted to – this. I don't have any other place to put this, but did you see this um, Vegas Music Festival? I saw it from your post. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jason, I don't – Chris, have you seen it? I did. Okay. just want to lay this out here for everyone. Saturday, May 4th. It's called Lovers and Friends. It's you and me. Hmm. 
Janet Jackson, Usher, Backstreet Boys. Yes. Already. Snoop, Lil Wayne. I love how you said that right when he got to Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Lil Wayne, Snoop Dogg, Gwen Stefani. Now, under Lil Wayne, it says performing the Carter Three, and under Usher, it says performing Confessions. Am I correct in assuming? Do you assume the same that that means they're performing the album? Yes. Right. Yeah. That's a proper thing to think, right? Alicia Keys, Gwen Stefani, Nelly Furtado, Mary J. Blige, Nas, Ludacris, Nelly, Ja Rule, Shanti, TLC, T Pain, Timbaland, Brandy, Jodeci. Way down in the fifth row in tiny letters, Method Man and Red Man, Rick Ross, Jeezy, Fat Joe, T.I., Maze, E-40, Too Short, Robin Thicke, Jason Gerulo. That's half the lineup, guys. I haven't even gotten to, I haven't even gotten to Cameron and Dave. Everybody get one song? So that's my question. It's one day. How are you doing this? It's got to be like seven stages, right? And there's no way you can see everybody, right. especially if you have two people performing a full album. Or are they just, or is it like midnight to eleven fifty nine p.m. <laughs> and everybody is? I, I I'm obsessed not just with the lineup. I am obsessed with how are they pulling this off? Do I? I want to see T Pain, but oh, there's Akon over yeah. there. Oh, here's too short. Oh, right. Yeah. This feels like a fire fest type of thing. Dude, you know. I'm all oh, exactly like this. This can't end well, and if it does. It's arguably, and again, may not be your style of music. I totally understand that. It might be the greatest talent for talent lineup we've ever seen at a yeah. concert. And yeah, I'm talking like put this up with Woodstock. With They're a super team, just young. We'll take a break. When we come back, the very curly, very, uh, very manageable haired Katie Christian. Prove it. That's what I'm saying, right? We'll do that next. Right after I talk to you about my friends at Firewings. Fire, Firewings, Jason. Well, I'm glad you asked, Jason. 21 flavors, and you can experience them all on Wing Day Wednesday. Woo! 7, 7, and 7. 88 cent wings, bone in, boneless. So tender, so juicy. Just like Chris, just like me. Except we're not soaked in buttermilk all night long. But the wings are. Or, or are they? <laughs> Locally owned, locally operated. Oh, a friend of mine just texted me, a guy that I won't name, but he knows things. And uh, he says this is actually the second year of that festival. Okay, I'll have to look at uh, who the line was last year. My God. Friend, I know you're listening right now. If you want to go, I'm in. You and me, buddy. Let's roll down there. I'll fly down there with you for a day just just to experience the the, the hell that that might be or the, or the, the greatest memory of all. And uh, before we get on the plane, I'll take you to Firewings. Uh, bread and Malaysian curry, that's my jam. But who knows? Who knows what your flavor is? There's something for everyone. Of course, there's the originals and more. Locally owned, locally operated. I love these folks. They do a great job. Go to firewings.com. Find the location nearest you. Tell them Carmichael Dave sent you. Firewings. Just wing it. <laughs> 